the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Water in the court. Be seated. It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. Marquardt Law Firm is sponsoring our show today, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans, new businesses and old businesses which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, family-limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in district court, county court, or probate court. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law, but because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only, and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that information, individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information contained here should be relied upon only when coordinated with your professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing or failing to do your will. Please help Calvin Womack and me give good information to the listeners today about real estate. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. And today we're going to be talking about real estate law. We're on KLUP 930 AM, The Answer, and you can listen by podcast anywhere you find your podcast, like on Apple Podcasts, or you can stream from www.talklawradio.com. Today is going to be a great show. It's Saturday, February 26, 2022, around 11 o'clock in the morning, and we have Calvin Womack. He's a realtor. He's going to be talking about the real estate market here in Texas. If you have any questions about laws or regulations, you can email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S-T at TalkLawRadio.com. Maybe I'll use your idea for a new show. Calvin is a native Texan who has lived in San Antonio for over 20 years, graduated from Texas State University, and uh, he has been an entrepreneur for a long time. We'll ask him more specifics about that. Now he's in real estate consulting, Calvin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Todd. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate being here with you today. Let's introduce you to the listeners. Um, Tell us, uh, where did you grow up? Originally, I'm from Nacogdoches, Texas. And for those that don't know, uh, go ahead and look that up. It is the (laughs) oldest recorded town in Texas. That doesn't make me the oldest person, but that's where I come from. 
I uh, left there when I was 18 years old, graduated high school, and went off to the Navy and traveled the world for four years. Tell us about your military experience. Well, as most 17 or 18-year-old boys, I uh, didn't really have any idea what I wanted to do with my life with all the pressure parents put on you to figure it out at 17. I uh, ran into a Navy recruiter. Uh, he was funny. Uh, he showed me pictures that I had never seen and only dreamt of coming from a small East Texas town and just kind of almost immediately fell in love with the ocean and the idea of the world and how big it was and really kind of learning about cultures around the world. So I, uh, you know, kind of signed up real, real quick, frankly, without anyone's permission. I was uh, about 30 days away from turning 18. And so I, you know, he and I worked it out where I didn't have to wait for anybody to answer. We just uh, came back in 30 days and set off on my own journey. Uh, my parents were not happy about it originally because that was 1990 to date myself. Um, uh, right whenever the conflict in uh, the Gulf, they call it uh, Desert Storm, Desert Shield, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Our first conflict over in Iraq was there. So everyone, of course, in, in my little small town was pretty scared of what that meant. Um, but I, of course, was just kind of adventurous in heart and spirit and didn't know kind of what I wanted to do. So when I went down and they did all the testing, they said, oh, my goodness, you're off the charts with your uh, financial capacity. We really have a great job for you. And I was like, oh, great, because I have no idea what I want to do with my life. So I'll trust the government to tell mm -hmm. me like any kid. And so, uh, you know, took off on my journey there. And really, frankly, never went back to East Texas again. That small town, I fell in love with the speed of the world and everything that was going on in the world and the different cultures. And frankly, even to this day, my favorite thing in the, in, in, in to do with my time is to eat food from different parts <laughs> of the world. <laughs> so that, what are some of the places where you served? Well, I originally uh, well, I went to this little bitty island called Diego Garcia. Uh, it's in the British Indian Ocean Territory, and it services it services Iraq. They combat in Iraq. So we okay. would pop from there over. Uh, so I spent a year there. That was in 1990. And then I got stationed in California. Port Wainimi, California is actually the name of the town uh, with the Navy. Uh, it's called U.S. Uh, Naval CB Battalions. They're uh, basically land, sea, and air kind of combat mm -hmm. battalions. But their ultimate goal was engineering. They were the infrastructure builders for the military. Oh. So we went... Um, from there to uh, Somalia and built the infrastructure out. So they were a fun group of guys. I was in finance, but I got to deploy with them. And mm -hmm. as a finance administrator, you get to carry the guns and do all the training. So it was a lot of fun for a young, you know, 19-year-old uh, Texan to go out there and kind of serve the world like that. And you went to Somalia. What are some other places? Yeah, that was the least nice place, I think, that I spent a lot of time in. But then we got to go to Guam, and I, uh, that was on our regular duty tour, and I got to learn how to scuba dive in Guam and literally dove around the edges of the deepest trench in the world called the Marianas Trench, which I think is always fun to talk about because I hear about it a lot nowadays. But ultimately uh, rotated around through Rota, Spain, spent some time there in 1994, and then back to California, and then, of course, back to my home state to finish mm -hmm. my college. And then you went to Texas State? Yeah, well, I guess there was a little pitch of about three years, right? When I got out of the military, I moved to Europe because I just fell in love with the, the country. And so I moved to Germany specifically, oh. and I got my associate's degree from the University of Maryland in uh, Germany. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I worked for the Department of Defense and Military Banking. As a and, civilian? Yes, as okay. a civilian. I just did it because I loved, you know, the culture and the people and the food and the, mm -hmm. you know, it's a very festive country. Right. Yeah, I love Ger Germany. Been there twice. Okay, then you came back and got your degree. Yeah, from I moved to, uh, well, I moved to San Marcos, Texas, because I wanted to go to UT because at the time it had the best business school in the country, mm -hmm. and I knew I was going to go to college in Texas. And I was older than most of the other kids, of course, because I'd already served four years. And so I was 23, I think, when I – and I basically had – I was a working college student. I basically uh, ended up at Southwest Texas is what we called it. Uh, <laughs> and uh, because UT was just a little bit more difficult than I imagined to get into mm -hmm. at the time. Okay, and you got your bachelor's degree in finance? That's right, yeah, and uh, understudied a lot of accounting, but determined that I did not want to be a CPA and take the extra courses necessary to get that license. 
I was more working towards corporate finance and working in the areas of big businesses. Like I worked for Hilton uh, Hotels, and uh, that was kind of where I got my all my accounting experience. Kind of okay. And then you did work uh, for a corporation. We'll have to talk about that after the break. Um, getting to know Calvin Womack, uh, real estate consultant. If you have uh, questions about your real estate, you can call him. What's your number? Uh, 210-859-1441. And if you want to ask a question on the air, you can call 210-308-8867. If you have a question, you want to type it into the Facebook comments, you can do that as well. You're here with uh, Todd Marquardt and Calvin Womack on Talk Law Radio. Stay tuned. estate questions have profound impacts on your business or estate. Changes of ownership to your real estate could impact your business or your legacy to your children and grandchildren. It may be less expensive to prevent a mistake than to correct one. If you have real estate questions, it's a good idea to contact an attorney who focuses on last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Marquardt Law Firm. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Calvin Womack, real estate consultant extraordinaire. And he was just telling us uh, about his uh, military experience and his work in the U.S. military. And I was about to ask him about his corporate accounting experience. Tell us about that. Well, I became well I, so the military defined that my strength was in numbers and I've kind of fallen in love with it and so through the course of studying I uh, ended up at Hilton uh, which is frankly known to be the toughest accounting uh, organization in the country really? as far as how they really train you and you cut your teeth with the audits and the things that you have to do at a hotel I specifically remember we had to uh, inventory a hotel that we were taking over from the corporate space from a franchisor to the corporate space, and we had to go literally count ounces of alcohol in bottles. I remember they would make us mark the bottle off, uh, and that was part of the inventory. So napkins, it was crazy. So anyway, I learned a (laughs) lot about accounting. But what I learned the most with my uh, corporate experience, if you will, is that I didn't like it. Um, I didn't like corporate America, and I didn't like the competitive nature of people in it. And to go anywhere, you had to really literally be willing to step on and over people. And I just mm-hmm. didn't like that feeling. So I, I just identified myself as an entrepreneur. And I said, man, I'm just going to go out and offer these same services to people at a, with a different perspective, a different approach. And that's, frankly, what I learned the most about corporate America is that's just, it's not easier being an entrepreneur. But you can be more compassionate as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur, and that's what I fell in love with, uh, kind of working for myself. And and the myth of that you have your own hours is a joke, as you know. Uh, yeah. you, you don't work less. You certainly work a lot more, but you do have the freedom to choose how you deliver your products and mm-hmm. services. And I've, that's kind of what you know led me through an entrepreneurial path and building businesses over the last 25 years and ultimately of course selling you know all of them uh, as you usually do when things become so valuable that you can't say no uh, and then that led me to the real estate market because I uh, uh, well I really liked working with people and moving around the world the way that I had you know since an early age frankly remembering moving house to house I just remember always the excitement that comes along with moving, uh, the uncertainty, the fears, and the anxiety that's inherently involved in it as an adult, not as a child, but just the excitement of a new place. And as an adult and buying and selling houses, you know, for the, you know, obviously a long time, but every time I've moved, that excitement has been regenerated and relived within me. And I just thought, man, that's, that's something I want to be a part of all the time. Mm-hmm. So in the real estate market, you get to share in that excitement with people every day. And that's really the motivation that made me want to be a part of it is because it is so exciting, so dynamic, so ever-changing, as you mentioned, the law is as well. 
Uh, but those are the things that make you constantly get a little bit better internally at what you're doing with yourself and with your life yeah. and with your business is as rules are changing and things are – the dynamics are changing. You have to stay malleable and you have to be able to change with with the world around you. And that's what I really love about it is it's exciting. It's especially exciting right now in real estate. Let's talk about that. Uh, my Twitter poll – showed 80% of people thinking that the hot market is going to stay hot. What do you think? Well, I, I'm going to side with the, uh, you know, the economists, too, uh, and say that I believe the market is super hot. It's frankly started out 2022 even uh, kind of more on fire than it was the entire year of 2021. Uh, some of the reports that we're able to pull out of our SABOR is our uh, San Antonio Board of Realtors. It's the organization that we all are part of. As you mentioned, the bar is the regulatory authority in your mm-hmm. your world. Well, we answer to the Texas Real Estate Commission in our world, and our licensing requirements and all that stuff are managed by them in Austin. So basically, SABOR is, is our outlet to them. And so for anyone who wants to join the San Antonio Board of Realtors here in Texas, they got to be licensed, but, or in San Antonio, they have to be licensed. But this is the kind of data that we have access to. It gets very granular. Well, but tell us about uh, how the market grew from 2020 to 2021. That is almost the most amazing number that I can pull up immediately. So the housing prices have gone up across Texas, the whole state. Uh, 15.7% price year over year. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, In San Antonio, our average uh, change in house appreciation over the course of the last 50 years has only been 3 to 5%, depending on where you are in Mm -hmm. town. Per year, right? Per per year, correct. And so for Bear County, uh, just pulling just the entire Bear County report, it went up uh, 14.4%, which is 10% 10% more than the higher, you know, the higher yeah. average. So it's really, it doesn't sound big, but it's real big. And so it's a, it's a huge change in valuations for our, for our properties here in Texas. Uh, it, literally people who bought a house 18 months ago could literally be looking at 20% higher housing values now. So yeah. It's been a phenomenal investment. I know that's what most of us think of our homes. You want to love it, but it's also probably your biggest investment that you make uh, as a homeowner. And so for that reason, I encourage people to have an attorney whenever you're going to make a real estate transaction. Um, You may not know all of the issues that are involved. For example, I have some clients, they want to give a property to their kids or they want to uh, sell it to their in-laws. There's a lot of estate planning issues involved when you do that. And so it's better to ask ahead of time. uh, You might prevent a costly mistake. Uh, For example, there's there's a difference in capital gains taxes if you sell a property that you've been given uh, over a property that you've inherited. So you want to talk to an estate planning attorney because these these properties are very valuable. Yes, I, uh, you know, uh, years ago when we came to you for our estate planning, we're really, it's given us a piece of kind of a peace of mind knowing that uh, when the inevitable happens, because, you know, we all know our time here is a limited amount and we don't know when that's over, but Mm -hmm. I don't have to live in fear of worrying about my family being taken care of uh, thanks to the services of your law firm uh, years ago. So I I could agree that that stuff's over most of our heads, even uh, as an entrepreneur, knowing a lot about taxation and things. I don't know a lot about uh, what you're talking about with estate planning taxes. So you were saying the the market was hot. Um, Where are all these buyers coming from? So there's been a bunch of studies, a lot of statistics on that. Texas is the second most uh, traveled to or relocated to state right behind Florida, and we're only marginally behind Florida. Uh, You know, of course, speculation is, is people are coming from California, and that's certainly a lot of it, but they're really coming from all over the United States. I saw... a map that that showed people coming from the Midwest, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Illinois, Michigan, Iowa. It's because I mean the the market here, the housing market is is a big pool. It's a big draw when you can have the quality of life like we have here in San Antonio specifically. The weather, 
we get, you know, nine or 10 months out of the year that's just amazing weather that people can live outdoors and, and really have a nice, you know, kind of a clean, free lifestyle uh, in the business rules and regulations in our state, as you know more than anyone, are real friendly to businesses. And so it's just drawing people here. Uh, it's easier to do business. You have a better quality of life. You can afford a lot more house here than many other areas of the country uh, for the same amount of money. And I think that stuff's very attractive to people. Uh, with they, the statistic is over the last 18 months, we've drawn in on average 700 to 1,000 people per day in our state. That's been a kind of an ongoing average over the last 18 months. That's a phenomenal amount of growth. And that's why you can see even around San Antonio, the um, developments that are popping up in fields three or four years ago when we were driving outside 1604, you would just see a big farm field. Mm-hmm. Now you literally see hundreds of houses being being built and they're being built at a premium the, the these houses are not they're not selling them you know inexpensively anymore and so if somebody's getting thinking about getting interested in selling uh, what are some things that they should do uh, before well one of the things that I pride myself in doing is having been a real estate investor for several years uh, before I started kind of transacting on the buying sell side of the business like I am now I can really help a person identify the places to put a little bit of money and resources that'll get them the greatest return. There are pretty known statistics uh, around the industry with regard to what you get out of what versus the you know the percentage out versus what you paid in. You want to get a return on your investment. And you'd have to be cautious because every, literally every neighborhood is different from what it can bear as far as what they say, what the market can bear. So your house isn't worth what you want to sell it for. Your house is worth what somebody will pay you for Mm -hmm. it. And so you have to be careful. You have to make very meticulous decisions. And that's the thing that we do in our industry is we really kind of come alongside you, me specifically, and I'll help you identify uh, what you should do, uh, and and I like to think, let's keep the cost minimal uh, and get the greatest return for you. So right. I don't like to tell people, oh, we need to go and spend a hundred thousand dollars on a kit, you know, a full renovation, you know, knowing that you're maybe likely to get sixty percent of that back. That just sometimes that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And you every, would only do that if you were going to live there and enjoy it. <laughs> well, well, it's funny that you say that because most of us really start thinking about doing that stuff when it's time to sell. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it is ironic. You would imagine that you would want to live in the nicer kitchen. Right. Uh, but no, we start doing that when we're like, oh, man, it's not marketable with the way I like it. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you say that. And if somebody's inheriting a property and getting ready to sell, uh, what are some things that you might do to help them? Well, specifically, I've worked with some clients recently that are from out of state. And so I am a little different in that I really uh, believe that our relationship is going to be a long-term relationship and I'm not just a transactional person. So I kind of come alongside you and I'm your real advocate here in town while you're out of state. And many times people aren't planning to ever move here, so they need somebody they can trust locally. So I'll take care of everything for them. You know, I, I'll make sure that the house is being maintained while it's in the process of going through this. Because as you know better than anyone, it could take months before they can actually get mm-hmm. rid of it. So I, I'll come alongside them and partner with them on making sure that everything's being handled and done. Simple things like lawn maintenance. Mm-hmm. It has to be kept up. And right. as you know, in, here in San Antonio, if you don't take good care of your yard, it can cost you a lot of money to fix. Those simple things that people from outside our market may not know, I would like for them to know that they be entrusted in my relationship with them that I'm going to help take care of those things for them in their absence. Good. Okay. Some other things that um, sellers need to look for. Well, you know, the the biggest thing to be cautious of when you're thinking, if you're even dreaming about selling, or the market is so exciting right now that most of us are all wondering. Uh, the You know, the first thing I would say to you is, you know, work with somebody that you trust. You know, kind of watch out for some of these national uh, advertisers who really claim that they can do everything better than anyone. There's a Normally, that's a sales approach that a lot of national companies can make. And here in our market, 
we're a little bit, you know, me specifically, I really am a little bit more intimate in my involvement, and I really can drill down and get some very, very specific granular data for you and help you make good decisions based on your market condition. It's not universal. One size doesn't fit all in this business. Uh, It's very unique. Your house is unique to the house next door to you in Mm -hmm. some way. So kind of identifying what the strengths are, that's what I'll do for you. I'll help you see what's the best thing to do, what's the best avenue to go, and what you could realistically expect to sell your house for versus somebody from an outside maybe just throwing a random number out there saying they can do it better than everybody else. Right. That's what I caution you against. Right. Be cautious. We have to take another break. You're listening to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Calvin Womack real estate consultant and we're going to be diving into the real estate market and real estate law and finding out how do you search a title how do you know who owns the property i'll tell you about that when we come back from the break so stay tuned Back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Calvin Womack, real estate consultant, and we're talking about real estate market and the and uh, real estate law. I was going to start talking about how to search a title, uh, but during the break, Calvin uh, brought up something about the hot market that I wanted to get back to. So uh, tell us where do you think the market's going now? Well, that's what I wanted to just point out, a specific piece of information. You were talking a little bit about the Twitter poll, uh, and those Twitter users, you know, as they usually are, they're pretty accurate. Just from, we were talking before about the 2021 rise in house prices versus 2020, and that was significant for our county. Just looking, we only have data, of course, reported in for the month of January because the, the period has this to year, close. Right. right. The period has to close before we can get the total. But just January this year, in the same Bear County analysis, we're up another 17% over that already 14% increase from 2020 to 2021. Mm-hmm. So it appears that we've already started the market or the, the year out being a little bit more you know, heated up than we even anticipated. Now, the the interesting component is there's a fewer, a much fewer, twenty percent less houses uh, being sold, but that's because we're running out of inventory. Okay. And when I got a little bit more granular to to demonstrate that, I pulled up some of the newer development areas. There's a one over in the Sea World area of San Antonio. That area has an eighteen and a half percent increase of houses sold versus kind of the areas north of here which are a little bit more developed, older neighborhoods, they're down 9.5%. So it just kind of goes to show that if you're interested in buying a house, there's a lot more new inventory available than existing inventory in, in our market. And that's because of the demand, of course, and the increase we talked right. about. Right. And if you're, if you're going to sell your house here in San Antonio – and buy another house here in San Antonio that makes things challenging. It it is challenging because you're you're also while you're going to receive that premium for selling, you're also going to be paying a premium when you buy for sure. And uh, and you got to be a little bit more uh, flexible, I think, on what you're buying. Right now, when you want to go and buy a house, what's happening is we're getting what they call multiple offer scenarios, and people are bidding houses up sort of like what you saw in Nevada and California years ago uh, Mm -hmm. with respect to kind of a competitive buying nature. Uh, So you have to almost be very creative with your offer. And that's what we, you know, that's what I do as a real estate consultant and professional is I'll kind of help you craft that offer that's going to be the most attractive to the seller. Because you really kind of have to outpace people with how you do that. It's not always money. There's sometimes there's a story that can be told along with, you know, with your relocation story. But at the end of the day, the most important thing is just have a relationship with somebody whose feet are on the ground here and kind of really understand the dynamics of this market because it's it's moving very rapidly. So one thing that people will ask their attorneys is uh, for a title search. Um, when somebody's 
hiring a real estate consultant, what would you do to help them better understand uh, the issues with their title? Well, very specifically, recently I had a customer who was out of state and they inherited some property here in, in San Antonio area. They really didn't know the first steps to take. Uh, of course, we like to refer those over to estate planning attorneys. But when it comes to trying to define what, what it is that they have to sell, we, I go out and what I've done for them was exhaustively research kind of all the surrounding. They were on the border of two counties. So we had to really kind of dig into multiple ca- two counties uh, records, tax records. And we were able to define uh, all the property that they did own in that estate. And so we could then, of course, then we can help them. Start with the real estate contract That's and all right. of that. That's right. So a lot of um, mistaken information that people get is that they can find out who owns the property by searching the tax appraisal records. Um, but in my experience, what that shows is the name of the person that's paying the taxes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's possible. Sometimes it's identified separately like that, too. Right. Sometimes the, the tax appraisal district will work with anybody that's mm-hmm. willing to pay. So you have to compare that. So It's a good starting point, but you can compare that against what you find in the real property records at the county clerk's office. So uh, title is sort of strange. You, it, you don't go to... Uh, an office or search a website and it says the owner of the property is. Instead, what you find is a list of transactions. You see a list of deeds or a list of liens. And so it's that collection of data that will tell you who owns the property. And so you need somebody to read and examine each deed and each deed of trust and each lien and each release to see who owns the property. And so you have to inspect that. You you can hire a title company or an abstract company or an attorney to search those records. And we call it the chain of title because each link is going to be a, a deed or a deed of trust or a lien or a release and there could be problems with the chain because maybe a release wasn't made, um, but there was a sale. And so one thing you have to watch out for is uh, the bona fide buyer for value. If John Doe sells a property to Jane, but the deed is not recorded, and John Doe sells the same property to, say, somebody named Bart, well, that would be fraud, right? Mm-hmm. Well, even so, if Bart records his deed before Jane, then he can be what they call a bona fide purchaser for value. The law protects that person because um, they've, re- they've done the recording. The recording is notice of um, the transaction, and Bart didn't have notice. Mm-hmm that Jane owned the property. So it would be unfair for him to lose his property because he didn't really know that John Doe in this circumstance was the con artist. So I I caution people that are buying from a, um, an owner who's uh, selling their property without a realtor because you don't really mm-hmm. have any assurances that that person's doing the right thing. That's that's very true. That's very cautious. It's uh, something to be very cautious about. You hear horror stories frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, you know, you can cut you can cut steps out of thing, uh, activities. But what we've all learned from that is that ordinarily you're you're losing some component of value that you probably don't know exists. Just like that example demonstrates, uh, you're 100 percent right. There's also uh, tax exemptions that you need to be aware of when you're buying property in Texas. And uh, most people know about the exemption for homestead, which is really not an exemption. It's just a cap on on the taxes. There's an over 65. If you're older than 65, you get a tax break there. And there's a tax break for veterans, disabled veterans, Um, particularly if they've uh, got a disability rating that's higher than 70%. 
I know another thing that most of us don't think about in the real estate business is how much of that money can I actually take and, and have it exempted? And I know that there are limits, too, mm-hmm. uh, on your home. If I sell my house for several hundred thousand dollars more than I bought it for 30 years ago, there are limits, too, on how much of that I can go. Oh, right. The capital gains tax exemption for your primary residence. Mm-hmm. That, those are things people don't typically know about. So it's real good to consult attorneys and realtors for these kinds of transactions. And accountants. Accountants as well. <laughs> you're right. It, it, you know, and as you say, most people say, and we all kind of agree, this is typically the largest investment that anyone will make in their lifetime. And so th- that being said, it's really, it's worth taking the extra time and, and, and finding people that you know you can really trust and building it because this is a, you know, you want a partner in this with you. You don't want uh, just some transactional person who wants to come in and hurry and hurry and hurry. You really need to take time and you need to feel good about being able to ask your questions uh, and really have that personal. That's what I like about my business is just the personal connection that I can have because everyone's motivation is different. Uh, it, it's funny. Most, pe- most people just imagine that it's all about making bigger transactions, but everyone has a different motivator. And so kind of really understanding that, that's how you help people find the house or you know the transition that they need to make. And that's one thing that I really like about your experience in business is your experience with negotiating deals. And there's uh, some realtors out there that they don't care what the deal is as long as it's closed. <laughs> yeah, they are in a hurry for a transaction. I, right? I want my realtor to negotiate ferociously for me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, that's what we pride ourselves in uh, doing for sure. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking to Calvin Womack, real estate consultant. Uh, what's your number? 210-859-1441. And like I said, I can pull granular data down to the neighborhood that you live in, and I can give you specific information uh, You know, within two or 300 yards of your house because uh, it's different neighborhood to neighborhood. Everybody's property values are different. Every house is unique. Even when we live in the neighborhoods of, built by the same builders, every house is unique. And same goes for buyers. You can help them with uh, their must-haves and finding the perfect property for them. We like to say helping you fulfill your dreams, yes. Okay, we're going to take one more break. When we come back, we'll be talking about legacy, among other other things. So stay tuned. You're listening to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. estate questions have profound impacts on your business or estate. Changes of ownership to your real estate could impact your business or your legacy to your children and grandchildren. It may be less expensive to prevent a mistake than to correct one. If you have real estate questions, it's a good idea to contact an attorney who focuses on last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Marquardt Law Firm. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt here with Calvin Womack talking about the real estate market and real estate law. We're going to talk about legacy uh, because attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. But first, I wanted to talk about some problems at real estate closings. These are some referrals that I get when the realtor hasn't identified a problem until they got to closing. (laughs) The title company says, wait, you can't close because we found some issue. And one was a tax lien on the the air side. So um, when the property is being sold... And one of the beneficiaries or or one of the sellers has a tax lien. Well, their their portion of that proceeds has to go to pay off that lien. 
And so you really need to be careful of who you're related to <laughs> or who you're partners with. Uh, sometimes when you're inheriting a property, your siblings become your partners. Mm. Um, that's why it's important for the parents to have a good will and try and figure those things out ahead of time. And and you mentioned that you, you searched the tax liens for somebody. Uh, that's important. Another one was um, the the realtor had thought that these uh, the seller lost her husband, and she needed to sell the property to pay bills. Um, but her husband didn't have a will; he died without a will, and so he was going to. She was going to use an affidavit of heirship to transfer the title from him to her because they were married. But she forgot that he had a whole nother set of children with a, a prior spouse before they even met. They had been married for over 40 years. But because he died without a will, all of these other children were entitled to part of the proceeds of that property. They were spread all over the nation, and some of them were even disabled. So this caused a big uh, problem at closing. So when a, a realtor is trying to figure out some of these issues, it, it might be good for them to suggest maybe you should contact a probate attorney to see if there's any issues that we haven't yet mm. seen. It's so true. It's so true. I have a current customer right now that I've referred over uh, to have that stuff evaluated because you know, as they say, there are some, you know, we're good, we're all good at something, uh, but I'm real quick to want to say, let's go ahead and talk to someone who's an expert at that thing. And when it comes to your literally a transitioning of your state from generation to generation, that's where you guys come in. I, uh, I would, would hate to see something not work out for them, knowing that people's lives depend mm-hmm. on this. And some, sometimes it's easier to, to get started with the legal stuff. Um, because then when you get to closing, you know everything's fine. Absolutely. Okay, so we want to talk about legacy. I like to talk about legacy. That's what a will and trust is all about. And so I want to hear about Calvin Womack's legacy. Well, I, I, as I think about that word, it brings character to mind for me. And You're a parent, right? Right. And I, and I think of uh, my legacy is, is what my children uh, and my family, my wife and, her, and our extended family, I think of what they would say in my absence, maybe even at my funeral. And I, for me, it, you know, legacy is, it comes to integrity and to character and to how you treat people. And I hope that when I'm gone from this world, my children say things like, my dad was one of the nicest people and com- most compassionate people that I ever knew. That would be, I would consider that my successful legacy if, if they were able to say that about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, when it comes down to the money stuff, uh, you know, estate planning and all that is absolutely I- critical. But for me, legacy means more of character and passing on to another generation just hopefully a little bit stronger character than even you defined as your own as your own self. And your faith has been important in that too. Well, that's the foundation in my heart in my life as that the faith uh, you know that's in no matter what you're going through in life when you have faith and real belief in your heart that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and that you have a father who demonstrated to you what love is beyond any earthly being can do. And as a father, I'm speaking of myself, I can't show my children the kind of love that our Heavenly Father showed us. And I have to refer back to that very often as a parent and even in business. Mm-hmm. When I'm dealing with people, I like to be reminded that it's, a, it's just a privilege to get to deal with you and, uh, and to help you kind of fulfill your dreams because that, to me, that's what that's what love is. That's what trust is. That's what life is about, is just trying to leave a little bit. One of my funny things my father-in-law taught me a long, long time ago was uh, when, you walk out of, when you walk out of a room, try to leave it nicer than when you walked in it. And mm-hmm. it's just, uh, for me, that means not leaving someone uh, slighted or hurt, but maybe leaving them smiling. 
and right. thinking, man, that was a pleasure doing that with him. That's kind of how I think of that. But he also means pick up your trash when you walk out of a room too. <laughs> That's what he meant by that. Yeah, well, when I think of uh, inheritance, I, I go back to the inheritance that that we receive through Jesus, the inheritance of eternal life. And so that that's an example that, you know, us as earthly beings uh, take with us and and pass on things to better the lives of our, our family members. That's right. I 100% agree. Okay, so you've got a couple of kids, and uh, what are some things that you think that you've taught them over the years about generosity? Well, we, we do spend quite a bit of time trying to give back, and it's as everyone's schedules are busy. Uh, but we, we have instilled in our children at an early age with doing mission trips and, and helping others. Uh, we wanted our children to know that, yes, while we're, we're blessed uh, the way that we are, uh, there's so many people who aren't. And so I, I want them to be sensitive to the needs of others. And uh, we've been, you know, we've been adamant about doing the simple stuff. You know, here in town, we do a lot of the simple stuff. There's a, a diaper bank, funny enough. Mm-hmm. You can literally take your family down and pack diapers uh, to help families in need of that. They're donated and you literally just do the work. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, just something I want my kids to be aware of that's important. Uh, some of the, like our food, we have some great places here in town where you can donate your time and dedicate your time to help others. San Antonio Food Bank's one of my favorites, too. It's just, you know, even Elf Louise at Christmas, we've been doing this for 10 or 12 years uh, now, the Elf Louise. I, I, as much as I don't like it, I dress up in a really hot suit. It seems like it's always 85 degrees around Thanksgiving Yeah, here. our winter doesn't start till February. And, and so I've been dressing up as Santa doing that for so many years now that it's just part of our family's uh, nature. It's, it's fun to give back, and that's one of the things that I want my children I think they learn to appreciate things a little bit more when they see uh, how they can benefit others with their blessings. And so that's one of my... Yeah, I like that. And I like to tell the kids about uh, serving God's people, that's right. which is all of us. That's right. But it brings God into the picture and saying, that's why we do it. Uh, because he loved us, we love others. That's right. Okay. And part of uh, estate planning is passing on something that's meaningful. Um, I always like to be a part of uh, a a situation when somebody's passing down a Texas ranch because in uh, Texas history, you know, that's been a a meaningful legacy of a lot of families that I've worked with. And you've had the opportunity of of looking at some uh, 10, 15-acre home sites. What have you seen out there? Currently, our market, uh, even when you get outside of the city limits a little bit and you move out to the kind of – we we used to think of them as rural areas with Converse, Universal City, Spring Branch, Bulverde, these areas around town, Helotus even. That's – they're not so rural anymore. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's difficult to find a 15-acre plot of land with a house on it uh, for a reasonable amount of money right now. Just anywhere within 30 minutes of San Antonio, Texas, the market is – is just at a peak, so it's uh, it's been tough. We've been searching, uh, searching, and and frankly, when you find a house right now in this market, you, you almost have to compromise on something, uh, and you have to move quickly. Uh, one of the things that we'll do with you is help make sure that you're ready to make that move. You know, kind of getting all your, uh, I guess, your T's crossed, if you mm-hmm. will. Uh, prior to doing that, because the worst feeling in the world is not getting what you dream of having. So I want to help make sure we can fulfill that dream promise and commitment. And I want to help you be prepared for it. So when we go look at something, by the time we're looking at it, we already know you're ready for it. And that's really the critical part, because you just have to move faster than most of us like to move when you make such a huge decision. So I find information. I find, you know, I find that's the most useful uh, tool in your tool belt is information. The more you can share, the more you can communicate, the more you can have, the easier that transition can be. So there's a lot of uh, real estate professionals out there. How do you set yourself apart? Well, specifically, Todd, I pride myself on this uh, personal relationship. And, and many, many people use that term, but I've 
been in the service world my whole life and, and building service companies. My last business was a technology service company, uh, and we serviced customer businesses. And I've really always been dedicated to first let's, let's develop trust, and mm-hmm. it's simply done with phone calls and texts, emails, reporting back what I offer. When I say I'm going to call you, I call you. When you call me, you get an answer. And if you don't, you get a call right back. These are small little things that kind of build a relationship of trust over time. And so I I don't – I'm not one of the professionals in our industry that just wants to do as many transactions as I can. I really want to have a more meaningful process built to where you can – feel comfortable in the transaction. Um, so it's for me, it's personal relationship built on trust. And so specifically, if you're relocating to this market, you want me on your side because you want me doing the footwork for you, mm-hmm. running around, looking at everything. And frankly, right now, we, I FaceTime my customers that are out of the market and, and walk around houses and properties for them and send them short videos and things like that. But just little, little, little things you can do to build trust in your relationship. I really like doing business with people that I have a relationship with, and that, that's really what sets me apart. Awesome. Give them your phone number one more time. Yes, it's area code 210-859-1441. Calvin Womack. So this is Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. We try and help you discover your hidden legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. And you can find uh, my show on Apple Podcasts. You can go to talklawradio.com or you can find me on Facebook Live. Also, 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Take care. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.